All right, we want to greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're grateful to everyone that's here today. We look forward to sharing with you the thing that the Lord have laid on our hearts to share. you have your Bibles, let's go to the 13th chapter of, the, num of uh, the book of Matthew. We thank God for you all being here tonight. We look forward to seeing what the Holy Spirit is going to say to us today. Let's uh, bow our heads for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for bringing us here tonight to hear your word, O oh God. And we pray as we get into your word that you will make these things plain to us, Lord, that you will help us to see what you want us to see, O oh God. Open up our hearts and our minds to be able to receive from you tonight. Lord, help us to move everything out of the way that we may be distracted with. Help us to be focused on you, O oh Lord. Help us to not be in a hurry, but help us, Lord, to give your Holy Spirit free reign to do what he will tonight. Have your way in our lives, Lord, not just tonight, but every day. God, help us to live a life that's pleasing to you and that's uh, according to your holy word. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. The 13th chapter of the book of Matthew, and we're going to start. Um, we're going to let's see here in fact uh, yeah the 13th chapter of the book of Matthew we're going to start reading in verse 10 reads um, and the disciples came and said unto him why speakest thou unto them in parables verse 11 and he answered and said unto them because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven but to them it is not given everybody see that we'll read that again he answered and said unto them because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. Everybody sees. Read verse 12. For whosoever hath to him shall be given. Everybody see. Now this is one of the most misquoted, misused 
and misunderstood scriptures in the Bible. A lot of times um, people have ignorantly used this particular scripture to explain uh, wealth or financial gain or something like that. But that's not what it is talking about. Not, not the kind of wealth that you're thinking. Let's read verse 11 again. He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not what? Given. What's not given? To know the mysteries. In other words, understanding. So understanding to them was not given. Talking about the other people outside of his disciples. But look at what it said in verse 12. For whoever, for whosoever what? Hath. Has what? Whosoever has understanding. Everybody see? To him shall be given. And he shall have what more abundance in other words he'll get more understanding even on top of that what he already has but look at what the last part that says but whosoever has not don't have what has not what understanding from him shall be taken away even that he has isn't that something Therefore, speak I to them in parables, because they seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they what? Everybody see that now. And you in bad shape when you don't understand the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Now, the only thing that keeps people from understanding the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven is them holding on (laughs) to the understanding that they already have not according to the word but them not wanting to give up what they think they already know God is not a cruel God he told these disciples follow me he went on their jobs saw them talked to them for a little bit and then would say follow me And the Bible says they would give up all, they would leave all, they would forsake all and follow him. That was enough for them, for God to grant them understanding. None of them asked, how am I going to feed my family? Follow you where? Who are you? They just did what he said to do. And one of the biggest problems, now you listen, if you don't ever listen again, when you hold on to the junk that's rattling around in your brain, you make God refuse to give you what he has to give you, which is understanding. Now, I know it ain't nice (laughs) to some of us, but I don't know how else to say it. You will stay stupid. You will be wrecking stuff all the time. Going through the same stuff over and over again. 
because it's, it won't be given to you to understand what's going on. You'll be the little mouse in the cage running and getting nowhere and, and never able to determine I'm on a wheel. <laughs> I'm running, but I ain't getting nowhere. And, and never will understand, I know why now I'm on a wheel. God put me on here until I acknowledge him. To that mouse, he's just on a long journey with the same scenery. Isn't, I, isn't God good? I'm running, I've been running for miles and I'm seeing the same food. This is, a, this is really a big cage. Man, look at how good God is. He, he blessed me with a big cage. <laughs> That's what God will do for stupid. He'll make you think you're getting somewhere and you're not. You'll be seeing the same scenery and you won't be able to put two and two together. When God turned down the children of Israel and kept them from going into the promised land, they walked around the same mountain for 40 years. Same mountain at the base of it and had no idea. No idea. Just walked around the same mountain. That's what unbelief will do for you. Does everybody understand that? Now, you know, when, when people are ignorant, they're willfully ignorant. Willfully. Does everybody understand? Look at what that says. Let's read verse 12 again. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. You know what happened? The little bit that you might have understood. Wherever you decided to stop growing in God, he'll take away even that understanding that you had at first. Even the little bit that you understood at first, he'll take that away. He'll make you more stupid than what you were when you first came to him, in other words. But for your sake, he can't go on letting you think that you're getting somewhere when you're not. Does everybody understand now? So it's no wonder why there are people who are advancing in the kingdom of God, who are in that kingdom and they love being there. There's no wonder why there are women who serve God with their whole heart. They have no problem with submitting to their husbands. They're not trying to run their husbands. They don't think it's beneath them to submit. In fact, it is an honor for them to do what God have put them on this earth to do, to multiply this earth, to bring forth children unto God, to raise them up. You sisters, you have a big mission on your hands. You're responsible for the next generation. Your husband is the breadwinner. You're responsible for making sure that this next generation have something to contribute. 
outside of how cute they are. That's your responsibility. If I were you, I wouldn't take it lightly. But not to stupid. No, not to her. It, it, that is not a privilege. I want to drop my children off with some strangers that I don't know. And I want to go into the workplace and compete with men to prove a point. <laughs> I'm going to sacrifice my children. All because I cannot stand male authority. It never dawned on me that I'm not a male. And we are really apples and oranges. We're not supposed to taste alike. <laughs> so I'm going to go into the workplace. I'm already emotionally fragile. But that's not what I was taught in school. I was told I could do anything anybody can do, including putting on shoulder pads and a helmet. Nobody told me that I wasn't built for the workplace. So I'm going to go into the workplace. And at some point, I'm going to prefer the workplace over my home. I'm going to work for men that don't care about me. I'm going to submit to them. And then I'm going to come home. I'm going to be mad at my husband when he asks me to fix him a plate. I was working at McDonald's and I was serving a lot of men food. Hours I was cooking. Oh yeah, I was. And did it with a smile. I got employee of the month. <laughs> but I did not get home. My husband asked me to take out a minute to fix him a plate, and I got her. I'm throwing a fit. This is oppression. <laughs> and there I am working for a man that I've really never seen in person. All I know is he signed my little check that I'm going to go and give to the babysitters. But hey, at least I'm doing something productive with my life. They told me I could be anything I want to be. Everybody understand that? No, you ain't got to stay stupid. And then I'm going to complain. Whoever FICA is, he's taking all my money. I'm working for peanuts. And on top of that, I'm crying at night because the customer's getting on my nerves. Isn't that something now?
know, at some point, people got to wake up and see what's going on. If we would do things the way God say to do them, car insurance wouldn't be that high. The children would behave better. They would behave because the reason why children got fight on the inside of them is because mama's got fight on the inside of her. The children don't have peace because mama don't have peace. And she's not going to have peace until she's done driving her husband in the grave. You just pay attention to the will that you're on. They tell you you can do anything you want. I don't doubt it. You go into the workplace to compete with the man and then sit around with your girlfriends after you're com done competing and say, you know, nobody's make, nobody want me because they're intimidated. No. I don't, I, I don't know if I've ever met a man that was intimidated by a woman. I've met some that didn't want to arm wrestle with her. I met some that knew he was a man. <laughs> Does everybody understand? And I don't care what society tells you, you are not built like we are. There's a reason why our shoulders are broader than yours. We can hold this world up. You cannot. Your strength, sisters, I don't care whether you like it or not, your strength is in the home. Don't you walk around talking about how oppressive, how oppressed you are by the patriarchy and you dropping your children off for some other female to take care of. You part of the problem. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? <laughs> so we have to <laughs> come back to reality. Mama competing with daddy to pay taxes. And then wonder why the children are all in an uproar. Did y'all hear what I said? When it's all said and done, that's what it's all about. That's why they tell you in the first grade, you can be all you can be. You can do whatever you want to do. They're just encouraging you to contribute to the, to the taxes. That's all. Go out and compete with your husband so you can pay the federal government more money to sit and make decisions that don't <laughs> help us at all. Everybody understand? So, you know, God is true in his word. We might not like it, but I'm telling you, we can force him to flip that stupid switch. When we come to God, our minds are supposed to change. 
And because our minds change, our actions change. If you show me a person whose actions have not changed, I'll show you that same person whose mind has not changed. And then I'll show you that same person, whatever little understanding they had beforehand, God have taken it away from them. When you come to God, if your motivation wasn't that God knew more than you and he could make your life a whole lot better than what, what you were making it, then you're obligated to force God to back you up further back than what you were when you first came to him since apparently you don't understand why you needed him. And that's the reason why he says here what he says. To him that have, more shall be given. But to him that hath not, even that which he hath shall be taken away from him. Does everybody understand now? God is not unjust. No, he's not unjust. You know, I, I can speak up here and I can stand up here and I could speak all night concerning God's word. But everybody's not going to get it. Because some of us are smarter than God. And that's a scary thought. I'm afraid to be around that type of human being that know more than God. The thing that God wants you to pay attention tonight to, verse 11, he answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven has mysteries. Now, the question you have to ask yourself is this. Am I one of those people who it has been given to to know the mysteries? See, the Lord, when he talked to his disciples, he could talk to them plainly. And they understood. So it, it would be like um, me telling one of these little boys in here, hey, you come up here and stand up here on this platform. They, they'd understand it. They, they'd come up and they'd stand up here and they'd understand what I was saying to do. But then when he talked to somebody on the outside of his camp, he would say, well, you know, there was a man many years ago who had a vineyard. And that vineyard, it had this stage in it. Many people passed by the stage, but very few people actually got to get on it. Everybody understand? And so the disciples would be like, okay, enough already. Just we know where you're going with this. Just go ahead and tell us. You know, just say what you, why are you talking to these people like this? Why are you talking to them like they retarded? Because, see, they, they had insight. It was given to them. So when the Lord would talk, that's, and listen, some of you have experienced that. I could be preaching and you'll know exactly where I'm going because it's given to you. To everybody else, we got to talk flow. 
Does everybody understand now? <laughs> it wouldn't take me an hour to preach a message. <laughs> if it was given to everybody. So I got to play the mama bird. I got to chew it up. God gave it to me, and I got to chew it up in little bitty, bitty, tiny, tiny, tiny pieces. Then I got to walk around to the babies. Open up your mouth. You ever seen a mama bird feed her youngin'? Let me, let me regurgitate and let me spit into your mouth what I've been chewing on all week. There are some people in here who can eat steak. I don't have to chew theirs up. I can just hear this is steak. But to people that refuse to accept one plus one equals two, we got to chew it up. We got to break down what the number one is. Then we got to tell you what the addition sign is and what it means. It's the opposite of takeaway. Does everybody understand now? If you feel insulted, think about how God feel to have created this whole world and know how he did it and then make it plain to you and you reject it when you weren't there. <laughs> so the kingdom of heaven has mysteries. Now, here's where we're going tonight. Because people reject the counsel of God against themselves, because they refuse knowledge, God refuses them. Does everybody understand that? Because they refuse knowledge, I can get up and preach and it be just as plain and those of us that get it, we're so excited because God have planted something in our hearts. And then, for those of us that don't get it, we're sitting back and we're trying to figure out what's all the, what are y'all so excited about? I don't understand why, why are you raising your hands to worship? That don't make no sense. What are you happy about? I'm cold just like you cold. Does everybody understand? Why are you so happy to submit to your husband? Make me understand that. How is, it, how is that a happy feeling to be told what to do? <laughs> everybody understand now? So does everybody understand what, why to some people they don't get it? God can stand up and preach and preach and preach and preach and people still not get it. You have to ask yourself, how were you when you first gave your life to the Lord? Are you better off now than you were back then? Or are you worse off now? If you think maybe I'm not growing in the Lord and I can see that I've, I've went backwards, you might be one of those people who God have taken away even that w the little bit that you had. Now I'm telling you, you don't want to be in that place. You'll be left behind. Does everybody understand that?
here in the next couple of days, it'll be 27 years since I started preaching. And from that time to this, when I open up God's word, I know nothing. So that he can give me understanding. If I ever approach God's word, knowing everything, he would make me fumble the ball. Does everybody understand that? Oh, yeah, he would make me fumble it. The, the Bible says that our life is like grass, withered away. Today we raise up, tomorrow we're cut low and, and scorched by the sun. Who do I think I am? It's got billions of blades of grass that have passed through this world that knew a whole lot more than I know. Who do I think I am? When my life is a blade of grass, I'd have to be an arrogant somebody to, to, to hear God's word and reject it. Does everybody understand now? Yeah, I'd have, to be, I'd have to be arrogant. I'd have to be proud to believe that I know more than this one who wrote this book. And you know what? I'd have to be willingly ignorant to see that I'm not getting anywhere and still running on the same wheel. Does everybody understand that? You know, God don't make mistakes. No, he don't either. He don't make mistakes. If God is saying this tonight, somebody need to hear it. You ain't smarter than God. And you don't have to go to hell believing you are. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? And so to, just like what Paul says, you know, in a, in a way. To the world, we look foolish. And we don't mind being that way. And we don't mind. We look foolish to them because they don't understand. They in the world thinks you're weak to need a religion to lean on. You're weak to need a God to save you. And then I wonder how many people sitting here tonight think that. You might not have ever said that with your mouth, but your, your actions show it. When God says one thing and you can reject it, what else are you saying? You're weak to follow what God say. You ain't got to be no punk. Do what you want to do. Figure it out on your own. You've been figuring it out so far. Tell you what, I'd rather be weak. It wouldn't matter to me how strong I was. I ain't got no doubt in my mind I can pick up this podium. But if God offered to help, he can have it. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? I don't want to be tired at the end of my race. 
So I'll just do what God say do. He, he carried the burden. Does everybody understand that? And I don't think it's, it's weak or belittling to lean on him. I don't care how many degrees we have. I don't care what we figured out in life. You know, you looking at a man who many years ago was given a big pile of what you would consider junk. It wouldn't look like nothing to you but just a bunch of old electronic parts. And I took all of that and built a radio with it. And still open up this Bible and act like I don't know nothing. That's how we have to be. Who created the radio waves? It wouldn't be a radio without God. So you see, even if I'm cocky and arrogant, <laughs> I still needed them, even when I didn't know I, or think I did. Does everybody understand now? So let's, let's get off of our high horse. Let's give God a chance to teach us something. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, let's, let's give him a chance. See, there are mysteries here. And you know, it, it's hard to, it's one of those things, and that's what we're talking about, the secrets. This is a secret. And it's not meant for outsiders to figure it out. They will never get it being on the outside. And God's got it that way. Does everybody understand now? It's got people that live all up and down this street. I'm almost willing to bet some of them pass by here sick. Somebody on this street might be on their deathbed and just just getting a ride, just, just riding back and forth past this church. And because God have closed these doors, they'll have no idea that the, what they're looking for is in here. All they got to do is ask God, God, will you please send somebody to heal me? I, I, I know I'm not ready, and, and I su I'm submitting to you. Just please, and, and right away, God will say, come to this church. You show up here on Saturday. My power will be there for you. But see, it's a secret. We don't put out there on the sign, God's healing power is here, y'all come. Does everybody understand that? By a show of hands, how many of you have been healed in this ministry? So you see what I'm saying there? Does everybody understand now? But you see how God just, shh, don't tell nobody. Because pride might try to figure out how it's being done. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> so there are secrets. that God want us to know 
And my prayers is that if you feel left behind, you will get lonely enough to catch up. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? If you feel left behind, my prayer is that you will seek God. Ask God to open up your understanding so that you can catch up. Today, we're going to go over a few of these secrets in this same chapter. Let's go down now. Let's go to verse 31. See, most of you that are here that are part of this ministry, God moved you from another state to be here. And you had to make sacrifices. And you, you even endured persecution. There were some things that have been said, including tonight, that was said to you that was hard to hear. When, when you first heard it, it might have shook your system. It might not have felt good, you hearing it, because you might have felt, you know, God is talking about me. I used to work at McDonald's. And then, you, then, and then the devil knows, yeah, you, you sure did. Why are you still there? People on the outside will want to know, why are you still there? That man, he don't cut no slack. But then again, how many of you raised your hand when, you, when I asked, who did God heal in this ministry? That's why. It's a mystery. Does everybody understand that? That'd be like somebody saying, why are you, still, why are you going to that doctor? And every time you go there, they're taking a scapula and scraping your skin. Because part of healing hurts. We don't see that lie nowhere in the Bible that love don't hurt. Where's that at? For God so loved the world that what did he do? To do what? Come down here and eat cotton candy? <laughs> Everybody understand that? That love was on the cross in pain. That was love up there. <laughs> you see, the devil's got a doctrine too. Yes, he does. So is everybody at verse 31 now? Let's look at one of these mysteries. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. Now you pay attention now. Verse 32, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest. Everybody see that? You see what let's, the first part of that verse? Which indeed is the least of all seeds. In other words, it's the smallest, the least regarded. 
the least of all seeds. Nobody's even paying attention to it. Well, look at what he says. But when it is what? When it is what? Grown. It is what? The greatest among herbs and becometh a what? So that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. What is that mystery? How many of you, when you were in high school, you were well regarded? People just loved you. How many of you had your, your letterman jacket on? No, I never got a letter. I never lettered. Never. I, I wanted one. What is what? What I got to do to buy? I can buy one. I didn't have a jacket, let alone a patch. <laughs> so I wasn't a jock in high school. None. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was just trying to get through. I'm just trying to get my diploma at this point. <laughs> I'll be satisfied with that. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? <laughs> was not well regarded was the least I can't tell you what number I graduated in I wasn't even trying to ask just am I graduating okay that's good thank God I'm that's good enough for me you ain't don't even don't don't say don't tell me my number because I don't want to have to preach about it later <laughs> I wasn't interested in writing back and getting my transcripts either. Now, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. You know why? Because I didn't want them to go through my records and find out, wait a minute, you shouldn't have graduated. gave me my diploma I was out of there <laughs> let me hear them get this back home to the hood they, I know they ain't coming here <laughs> and you know I accepted my role I'm not meant to, I'm, I wasn't meant to be popular Hey, I, listen, I wanted to be cool like the other guys. Wanted to wear the shoes but couldn't afford them. But I was the least. I was just happy to be sitting at the lunch table with them, even if I was way down somewhere. So that kingdom... What we read here, he takes the least and he matures it. When I went through high school, I, I wasn't smart. 
Does everybody understand now? No, I wasn't either. Just, I was just glad to, just to get through, see? So I had to get in where I fit in. And I, I found out quickly, I, I fit in this kingdom. This is, this is where I fit in at. That no wonder God wouldn't let me fit in anywhere else because I might have got comfortable. So now you see why it's a bad thing for us to go through and deal with this spirit of rejection. When you accept what your role was supposed to be in the first place, it was not meant for you to excel in the kingdom of darkness. It was not meant for you to be popular there. Because you might not have wanted to give up your role. Does everybody see now? But see, this is one of the mysteries. And then you have people, they, God accept them in the kingdom of, 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 uh, of heaven. And, but they're still depressed because they didn't make it in the kingdom of darkness. Why couldn't I be like this person? Why couldn't I be like that person? Does everybody understand that? When in reality... It was the wisdom of God. He takes the least. Does everybody see now? The least. And you have to be willing to accept that. He takes the least. What people look down on. They, they don't, when they see you, they don't think much of you. That, you know, that's what God did to his son. The Bible says that he created him a body in such a way. It says that when we would look up on him, we would not desire him. He was not a King David. He was not a King Saul. That wasn't much to his stature. He didn't look like royalty. Which is why... When he did miracles and when he taught, they asked, where are you getting this from? Who are you? You're ugly? Does everybody understand that? You ever notice all the temptations that list that the Lord had? Wasn't none of them women. And then say, yeah, that, that Mary and Martha, they were, they were gunning for him. Wasn't none of that. God had fixed that. Does everybody understand that? You know he would have had to have fixed that. You got that kind of power? You raising the dead and you handsome? <laughs> yeah, that, that prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, that would have been a whole different prayer. Lord, will you please make these women back up off me if it's your will? (laughs) 
but the ugly didn't have to worry about that. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, see, it, 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 ain't, it ain't terrible to be ugly. You can remain focused then. Look, I ain't, look, y'all ain't even got to look at me. Just, I'm just here to do what the Lord called me to do. <laughs> now, isn't this something, what we do? We look in that mirror and we try to fix all those imperfections and all the time going against God. So you see the mystery is there? Let's read verse 32 again. Which indeed is the least of all seas, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh what? What does it become? So that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Now, now you're popular. Now people are coming to you. In high school, they didn't know you existed. But you see, you done matured. You, you got a little wisdom. And people done found out about it. Does everybody understand now? And now our only job in when, when we have matured in God is to remain humble. We stretch our hands out. You, you, come on, little bird, you can rest there. Come on, little birdie, you can rest there. But Lord, keep me humble. Don't let me think I'm the one that raised myself up, myself up as a tree. Everybody see now. So do you see the mystery there? You see how the kingdom of God works? If you take a bunch of people who folks you've went to school with for years and years don't even remember you. You show up at the class reunion. Who are you? Did you graduate? Does everybody understand? You know that's all really class reunions are for. People go out, go and show off. If they really miss you, they, they, you wouldn't need a reunion. It's a reunion every week when I call you and check on you. Does <laughs> <laughs> everybody understand that? But you see how God does it? He take you when you have nothing in this world to live for. Does everybody understand what I mean when I say that? When you have nothing going for yourself in this world. The unfortunate thing for some of us is we got to get rejected and we got to get beat down and downtrodden before we realize <laughs> we're not supposed to fit in. Then by the time we come to God, we're all bruised and broken up, trying to figure out why nobody liked us. And God can send you a hundred saints to give you a hug. And if you're not careful, that won't be enough. But I'm trying to figure out why I wasn't popular in high school. Does everybody understand? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So if you can say in your heart, you know you were one of the least, was not regarded as much, then God is saying, if you come to the kingdom, I'll make you a tree. If you let me mature you, I'll make you a tree. And it'll be to a point where it won't be about you. I, I'm, you'll give shade to those around you. You'll cover them in prayer. Does everybody understand now? Y'all want to see another mystery? Let's go down to verse 33. It says, another parable spake he unto them. Isn't this juicy? Now, you know, this has been in the Bible the whole time. So now you see why it's a mystery. Does everybody understand? Another parable spake he unto them. Look at what he says. The kingdom of heaven. Now, here, let me stop here. So does everybody understand what I mean when I say it's a mystery? How many of you read over this group of scriptures, this group of scriptures before? So before God gave revelation, it might not mean as much to you. But when the Lord speaks, there is always something in there that's beneath the surface. That if we understood it like we're supposed to understand it, it would change our life. He told us, the words that I speak unto you, they are life. It will change your life when you understand these mysteries. Everybody understand now. So now let's go look at this next mystery. Says another parable, verse 33, another parable spake he unto them. The kingdom of heaven is like unto the, unto what? Leaven, which a woman took, and what did she do with it? Hid. Everybody see? So I want you to notice something. What we're reading here, what we read in the first few verses, 31 and 32, that seed was hid, buried before it could spring up. Here we see leaven is hid in what? Three measures of meal. Everybody see that? Till the whole was leavened. Everybody see? So let me explain to you what he's talking about concerning leaven. Leaven is what makes um, bread rise. I, I need to explain this process to you so that you'll understand this mystery. 
I want you to imagine, you sisters that have baked bread, I want you to imagine that you've got all of your ingredients in a bowl. You done, you know, you know how y'all do that. Punching it. And you imagine it's an important ingredient in there. And imagine that it's leaven. But whatever it is that you use, you need it in there for it to be bread. So when you have leaven, now I'm, I'm talking to you, you, you that have baked, and th- those of you that know un- understand this. When you have leaven, and you have it a, a bowl of it, if you have a bowl of, of, of the dough and it's got leaven in it, you will never, ever, now this is the mystery of it, you will never, ever have to go to the store and buy any more leaven. Because what they did when they made bread back then and it had leaven in it, they took a little, like a handful of the dough that they had in this bowl and they split it. They would put it in the freezer somewhere and when it was time to bake some more bread, they put the ingredients in there and beat it down and then they'd take this handful that they had stored away and they'd split it between the three measures. And it would make leaven, it, the leaven, it would be like the whole thing was leavened all over. It was a constant supply of leaven. You, now you, you may understand why he says that. And hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leaven. And so it, this was something that did not dissolve. It didn't go away. So when you made leaven with this, what you made leaven, what you, what you got from it six months earlier, this was just as much as that was. So let me tell you what, what he's saying the kingdom of heaven is like. Your children can be just as saved as you are. They can have the same Holy Ghost. They can have the same fire and zeal. Just because you passing something down don't mean that it's getting diluted. Does everybody understand now? So that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. God's got enough to go around. And there is no such thing as running out of God. Does everybody understand that? We see an example of that between Elijah and Elisha. You would think Elijah was this great man of God. He could do this. He could do that. And, and so he, I guess he, he'll pass a little bit on to Elisha. Does anybody remember what happened? What was the first thing Elisha did after that mantle was passed on to him? He had saw his master, Elijah, part the Jordan River with that mantle, smote it, and it parted so that he could walk across. When they walked across, it went back into place. God sent a chariot of fire to come and, and horsemen to come down and receive Elijah. So when that mantle fell back onto Elisha, what did Elisha do? He took that, he took that garment that mantle 
And the first thing he says in his ministry, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And he smote that river and it parted. Oh, there you are. It's on now. I got just as much leaven and even more so than what Elijah had. When you read in the Bible, you'll see that Elisha did twice as much miracles is recorded in his ministry as what was recorded in Elijah's ministry. Elijah went back to heaven and didn't raise anybody from the dead after that. Elisha bones were in the grave. Does everybody understand that? And so what God is saying is you don't have to be discouraged. Forget about what society say. Your children can be on fire for God. This don't have to be diluted. Your grandma was praying about it because she knew it. Lord, please raise up my children and my grandchildren to love you the way I love you. Does everybody understand that? So we have to believe that. My children can love God the way I love them. They can, they, they can have just as much of that leaven on it, and I, we're not talking about sin. You know, of course, in the Bible, a lot of times leaven is, is referred to as sin. It's, this, this is the picture that God has given us here. Because of the process that we explained, you never have to, you don't have to go to God for a refill. He's just there all the time. The Bible tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That means I shouldn't go through these things where I'm getting drained. If I'm getting drained, I need to figure out why am I being drained. It's the spirit of Python somewhere. So I shouldn't have to keep going to God to get refilled because I'm getting discouraged and getting beat down and getting downtrodden. Does everybody understand that? Does everybody understand what it means when it says to be filled? With the Holy Spirit, be ye not drunk with wine, which is wherein is access, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's think about this. You are a vessel. You are a cup. You can live life where you allow this world to drain your cup. Or you could stay under that water faucet that's God and stay filled. Does everybody understand now? What happens a lot of times us, we got to go dabble out in the world and then come back because we're drained. Then go dabble out in the world and then come back because we're drained. That's not what we're supposed to do. You're supposed to stay filled. Does everybody understand that? Y'all want to see another mystery? Let's go down to verse 44. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. Everybody see that? You see how it's hid again? 
if listen, brothers and sisters, if you don't have joy f- serving God, it's because these mysteries are hid from you. Those of us that have found this treasure, we got joy. If you don't have joy, you're trying to figure out what all the hoopla is about. That's, but that's not going to stop us from hoopline. Does everybody understand that? So verse 44, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. Everybody see that? The which when a man found, he hideth and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. Isn't that something now? So when the Bible talks about a treasure, it's talking about something that has been buried, something that has been hidden. Does everybody understand that? That means the average person ain't just, you, you're not just going to stumble up on it. I'm glad that God got this ministry and this, this sanctuary tucked away on a dead end somewhere. No, you're not just going to stumble upon us going to the store somewhere. You way lost if you end up here. <laughs> what are those people called I talk about? Wrong turn. Yeah, that's who live here. That's who live around this place. You done made a lot of wrong turns. <laughs> I hope you saved so you can get back to civilization. So let's look at what happens to this man. He, he finds a treasure. This treasure, listen, it was already hid. But look at what he do when he finds it. He hides it again. Isn't that something now? I'm not telling nobody about this. Now, what is that telling us? You know, I don't care how much God means to you, how much you love him, you cannot explain to infidels what God really did for you. It, it won't mean a thing to them. You can try, you can beat your chest, you can tell them, but I, I was on my way to hell. I'm trying to tell you, please, just. A... <laughs> okay, you crazy. It ain't that much joy in the world. Everybody understand that? So you know what you learned? Okay, let me hide my little stuff. I found it, but let me go hide it again. It was hid, and now I understand why it was hid in the first place. Because people stump all over your dreams and all over your, get you depressed trying to explain how glad you are. (laughs) So look at what this man did. He went and hid it again. Everybody see, in the same field. And you know what he did? He didn't go out and purchase the treasure. What did he purchase? The field. The Bible says he sold all that he had because he realized this, it, it is worth it. Does everybody understand that? So what does that mean? He sold all he had. Listen, when you have really 
found that treasure we call Jesus Christ. He'll make you trade in all of your lifestyle you thought you had. And he means so much to you, you ain't going to just buy the treasure. You want everything around. I, I take the whole field. Does everybody understand now? That's how much it means to you. It's a mystery because it's not meant for people on the outside to understand it. Quit trying to explain to people who don't know God how much God means to you. They popular. They got the letter jacket. They haven't been broken yet. Everybody understand now? So the best thing you can do is just live for God and pray. Pray that they stumble across that field and find it the way you found it. Because then the day will come when they say, now I understand. Now you, You've been trying to tell me this for years, but I, I couldn't see it. Why? Because it's hid. It is hid. And it's hid for a reason. So that the wise won't find it. The people with pride, the people with a name in this world won't find it. God took a man that married his own sister and started the faith that we follow. Who was he with that incest? But the least, you call him Father Abraham. <laughs> Everybody see now. So no, we don't we don't talk about it much. No, we don't we don't talk about God much. Not 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 to folks that that run away from that. Does everybody understand that? You wouldn't understand it anyway. No, you you wouldn't understand. You got to taste to see that he's good. I, I, I can't, can't wave him in front of your nose and make you know how he tastes. You're going to have to chomp down on this spoon. And I'm telling you, there are some things that money can't buy. And Jesus Christ is one of them. I have in my home and I meant to bring it, but I forgot, but I, most of you have seen it. When I was in the seventh grade, after I had come out of that coma, my mother uh, was doing some spring cleaning, and she, on, our way, on my way to school one day, she pulled out my daddy's wallet. She had, and she asked me, John, you want your daddy's wallet? I said, yes, ma'am. That was in 1986. I still have it under lock and key. And I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing here, the world could offer me a billion dollars and, and I wouldn't sell it. Here's the thing. 
you don't have to understand it. If I gave it to one of you, you might sell it. But here's the difference. I had a relationship with the man. So his possessions mean something to me. See, it makes a difference when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now you're willing to sell all that you have. But when you don't have a relationship with him, then what's all, what is all of that about? Why are you so excited? Does everybody understand that? Less than 50 feet from here in my office is a dresser that he bought for my mother in 1974, the year I was born. Most of you don't know it now. Some of you, how many of you have been in my office in that cleaning? You've seen that dresser in there. That was my first bed. I didn't have a crib when I was born. I didn't sleep in the bed with my parents when I was a baby. I slept in the top drawer of the dresser that's in my office. That was my first bed. So when some of my family members moved my mother up here, they saw the dress and they said, oh, that's that little thing, that's all old and kind of torn up and the wood is kind of giving way. But we'll just leave that there because we don't have room in the U-Haul. So when they got her up here and I unloaded the U-Haul and I saw the dresser was missing, I rented another U-Haul and went down there and got it. I don't expect for you to understand it. <laughs> you could take all the money in the world and put it in one pot and offer it to me for that dresser and I wouldn't sell it because I had a relationship with the man that bought it. Does everybody understand that now? And this is how it is when you have a relationship with God. That becomes your world. You understand, that's what I'm living for. How many of you would take money, if it was possible, would take money for the air that you breathe and go without air for a day or two? No, you wouldn't take it because you know you need air to breathe. Yeah, you need God to breathe. Everybody do. It's just some of us got that revelation. <laughs> so y'all see that this was a treasure to this man. When we really get to know Jesus Christ, he becomes a treasure to us. We don't just want the treasure. We want everything that's got to do with him. What, what field were you in? Does everybody understand that? You know, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ means so much to some of us. You know what, what some people do? They, want, they buy a ticket and go to Israel to walk the same streets that he walked. That's how much, and I'm not saying everybody need to do that. But I'm telling you, to, that's how precious he is. This is the same dirt. Now, me personally, I'm satisfied with understanding I, I'm walking on what he created. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> Y'all got time for one more mystery. Let's read this next one now, verse 45. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant seeking goodly pearls everybody see that who when he hath found one pearl one how many pearls now 
one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and did what? You know, the Bible says, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's in the book of Proverbs, buy the truth and sell it not. The Bible says that he found a pearl that's of great price. Look at what it says, verse 45. He was looking for this pearl. Does everybody understand that? What's the next thing he did? He went and sold all that he had. Now, here's what you, you have to understand the order of things. Does everybody understand that he had to sell all he had before he could buy this pearl? Do you understand that the man before this, he had to sell all he had before he could purchase the field? Do you know one reason why people don't enjoy serving God is because they have not sold all that they have? They still got the letterman jacket in the closet waiting on the class reunion. In other words, they still shaking hands with the devil hoping that the devil will give them a trophy or accolades for being a sinner. They still seeking pleasure in who they thought they were. Does everybody understand that? Not knowing that this earth, this earth, six feet under, is full of people that could run that ball faster than you. And nobody's thinking about them. Their reputation went to the grave with them. And here we are, thousands of years later, still talking about Abraham. Does everybody understand? What did God tell them? I'll make of you a great nation. I give you a great name. Did he do it? Does everybody understand now? So he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had, and what did he do? Everybody see that? It cost him something. If Jesus Christ didn't cost you anything, you don't have him. Does everybody understand? Now let's think about, y'all ready for the mystery of this, this particular scripture here? Let's think about how a pearl is made. What is it, an oyster? Clam? Where do they reside? In the water. That's where they eat. You know, y'all know those are living beings. But at some point, for some of them in their lifetime, a little piece of sand get on the inside of their body somewhere. You know, I was reading a few years ago about a woman who went to the hospital. She was swollen her stomach was swollen 
she went to the hospital. They opened her stomach up and they found this big glob of flesh, like a, a hard shell of flesh. And they thought, well, what is this? This don't look like a tumor. And then they cut this big glob open and in there were the skeletal, skeletal remains of a child that she didn't know she was pregnant with. So what her body did to protect itself from infection is it wrapped flesh around this baby to protect her life. That is how a pearl is formed on the inside of a oyster or a clam. It is a foreign object. It starts off as a piece of sand. And that clam knows, that, that little animal knows, this don't belong in here. It can't spit it out. And so God in his wisdom, he makes that clam or that oyster wrap this stuff around that little piece of sand. That becomes a pearl. Isn't that something? What happens by accident and as a freak of nature turns into a treasure. And so, what is the mystery of the kingdom? It's some stuff that's done got in your heart. Some stuff that happened to you that was not pleasing to you. You didn't like it when it happened. And you cursed the day that it ever happened to you. And God says in his wisdom, I ain't going to take it from you. No, I'm not going to take that from you. I'm not going to wipe out your memory and make you forget this happened. I'm going to wrap my word around it and make it a testimony for you. What was meant to kill you will help bring life to other people. People will take it from you and they'll wear it around their neck as a token. This is what I, I got saved on Sister So-and-So's testimony. Listen, it started off as a test. You have to forgive yourself. You have to know there was purpose behind what you went through. Not for you to be secretive and hope nobody ever find out. What good would the clam be to human beings? Oh yeah, we can eat them all day long. But I tell you what, I'd rather have the pearl. Does everybody understand that? So you see the mystery there? God, God is so precious in what he does. He can take that little piece of dirt that got in your heart that you thought was just going to kill you and make it a treasure for other people to be looking for. Somebody have gone through what you have gone through that needs your testimony to get through.
So my prayer is that we heard what the Lord had to say tonight. It is a sad thing for people to have pearls all on the inside of them and just keeping it to themselves. God created the mishaps of the clam and the oyster for our good. He himself allowed that dirt to get in there. Does everybody understand now? My prayer is that we will let God be God in our lives. I tell you, there's a whole lot of stuff I've done in my past. I'm not ashamed of that little piece of dirt because I know grace is wrapped around it. So I don't mind sharing some of my junk if it's going to help somebody. Does everybody understand now? You see how precious, you know, we stand up here and we talk about these things because we want you to see how precious God's word is. It is precious. When you read God's word and you see these mysteries in it, these things that have been hidden from generation to generation to the, from the wise and the prudent and then revealed unto babes, you understand how, how God took care like that for us to be able to see these things. My prayer is that God will become precious to us all. If there ever was a treasure in this world, it was Jesus Christ. If there ever was a treasure in this world, anybody that's worth selling anything for, all that we have is him. You know, I, I think about the old man that I grew up under, Brother Junior. You know, sometimes I listen, and some of you as well, we've listened to a few of those testimonies. And I think about how I'm sure most of the people in my hometown have forgotten his very existence. Don't think about him, now that he's going on to be with the Lord. And I think it's a shame that God's word is true in that aspect, that a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and among his own kin. Because there in that town was a man that could walk in hurricane weather, storm and raining, and God didn't let rain touch him. 100 miles per hour winds blowing and his clothes not blowing on his body. To have that kind of treasure, and yet it was hid. God sent him into other little towns to pray for people to be healed. God even sent him to my grandfather one time, my daddy's daddy, to heal him twice. But he was a secret. And you know, it can be disappointing. I'm telling you, that, that's something that at times I've struggled with. It, it could be disappointing to know somebody that valuable was around 
and people not even know it. To them, he's just an old man sitting on his porch, some old preacher, just sitting on his porch all the time. He'll talk to you, he'll wave to you if you pass by. He's a nice old man. I ain't never heard no rumors about him. He's a nice old man. And you know, that's the way it is with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's just an old man that some people just talk to every now and then when they need some encouragement. And they have no idea how much of a treasure he is. Isn't that a shame? My prayer is that you'll realize what you're among. That, that you'll realize what a treasure you have in the presence of Jesus Christ. That he won't become common to you. I'm talking about him. That he won't become common to you. Well, he's just somebody to talk to when you're going through a little something. He's just somebody to give you just a little bit of advice to help you escape some junk you got yourself into. I tell you what, he's worth every last bit of all those little tables you got in your house. He's worth every vehicle you got in your driveway. He's worth your own life. That first generation of disciples, they understood that. We are willing to die for this man. And we'll rejoice when we get whipped on his behalf. And some of us, we can't stand to even be numbered with the true saints. We ought to be better than that. Because I tell you what, God is a whole lot better than what we've been giving him. These people that went out and sold all they had, they might have had some change in their pocket. But they didn't go to the person that owned the fields and say, well, look, I got a few dollars. Will you take this? They understood. I, I want to make sure I buy it before somebody else finds this. I'm going I'm to I'm go sell all that I have. I'm going to bring my all up front. I'm not going to even play because I don't want to miss out on this deal. And at some point, <laughs> we have to give Jesus Christ his just due. He's worth your life because he bought it. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word that you've spoken to us tonight. God, we ask that you will forgive us for the times that we've slighted you. For the times, Lord, that we've been cheap. For the times we've hid things, hoping to just get by. Forgive us, Lord, for playing. Forgive us, Lord, for not knowing your value. God, we pray that you will help us to know your worth to us, God. There's a whole world full of people, Lord, that don't know the value of your love, the value of your grace and your mercy, Lord, that you've showed us. But, Lord, we are, who are your people, Lord? Help us to know it. Help us, Lord, to be a testimony in our lives. Help us, Lord, to be living epistles for you. Help us, Lord, to point people in the right direction. Not just with our words, Lord, but in with our actions. 
so that you can be glorified, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. All right, brothers and sisters, we're grateful to the Lord that you all were able to make it out tonight. And my prayer is that we'll be better than what we've been before, for God's sake. That we'll be willing to give all to the Lord and sell completely out to God. Let's forget about the reputation that we wanted when we were in the world. Let's forget about all the rejection that we experienced in the world. It was by design. That was by design. My prayers is that we'll receive it and let the Lord heal us of this spirit of rejection. All right, now, y'all dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.